money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. And uh, my name is uh, Phil Grove. I'm one of the co-founders of the Texas RIAs. The Texas RIAs is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations across the great state of Texas, uh, with seven major chapters in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. We meet every month and we do training uh, and provide market updates and resources and a large community of real estate investors. We actually meet every day, uh, 24 hours a day online, uh, on our online network, which I'm gonna invite you all to join. Uh, We're gonna start the meeting today with a quick market update, kind of a state of the union on what's going on in the marketplace. So I'll talk about Texas uh, statewide, and then we'll dive into some of the different cities. Uh, So people are like, is the real estate market crashing? Uh, Believe it or not, we still have a pretty hot real estate market. Uh, Statewide, uh, the average sales price is up, actually, compared to a year ago, 429,000. The median or average price, median average price, is down 1.4%. So not much difference uh, this year versus last year. I would say the market is softening, right? It hasn't crashed. It hasn't boomed. It's just kind of softening. Uh, you know, 2021 versus 2020, uh, you know, sales were up and prices were up 18%. So if you owned a house uh, back in uh, 2021, good for you. You made a bunch of money. Uh, 2022, you made a bunch more, right? Sales volume was down a little bit, but the prices went up another 10%. 2023, um, sales volume is down. So the number of houses are being sold is down a little bit. Uh, but the price is not much different. It's only down about 1%. Um, you know, people are like, well, what's going to happen next? Nobody really knows what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, I'll tell you about real estate. Real estate doesn't care as much as you might think about, like, interest rates and the economy. Right? People think the economy drives real estate. Actually, real estate drives the economy. Like during the Great Depression, right? Great Depression, real estate prices went down a whopping Six percent, not much. During the great pandemic, there's another one in a hundred year event. Real estate prices went up uh, almost 30%. So real estate tends to be a leading indicator, not a lagging indicator. It doesn't really care about the economy. What does real estate care about? Real estate cares about supply and demand. Pure economics, supply and demand. Okay, so what's going on with supply and demand? Okay, so in Texas, we actually have a problem. People keep having babies and keep moving here, right? Which means demand is continuing to go up. But we're not actually building enough houses. And with interest rates going up, building is going down, the supply problem is actually getting worse. We have a housing shortage, and that housing shortage is pushing upward pressure on prices. But of course, at the same time, Right, we have interest rates that have gone way up, making houses less affordable, which of course is creating downward pressure on prices. 
So what does interest rate hikes do to real estate prices? It does this. It pushes up and down at the same time. Some things are going up, some things are going down, uh, and we're somewhere in the middle, and you can see when you factor up the up and the down, it hasn't changed a whole lot. We don't anticipate there's gonna be huge changes in the residential real estate market because we continue to have a housing shortage and people continue to move here and have babies here. So we have growing demand with limited and not keeping up uh, supply, although growing interest rates. So those are all the things that are going on. Yeah, well, there's another thing. So a lot of people have taken their house off the market. Good point. Uh, the amount of supply has gone down because people have a house with a 3 or 4% interest rate and they don't want to sell to buy another house where they're going to get a 6 or 7% interest rate. So that's constrained the supply as well, right? And that's just another thing that, that's why I said interest rates do this, right? They push up and they push down uh, at the same uh, time. You know, in 2008, we had a completely different market. People were like, the real estate market going to crash. It crashed in 2008. But look at what happened in 2008. Up until 2008, we had subprime lending. If you wanted to get a loan, you walked into a bank and you said, I want a loan. A banker would walk up and hold a mirror under your nose. If you could fog the mirror, you got the loan, right? That's what they used for the loan application up until 2007. And then 2008, all the banks went bankrupt. And lending stopped. It didn't slow down, it stopped. So we built a bazillion houses with cheap money. We had huge mountains of supply. And then when the lenders stopped lending, the demand stopped. It didn't slow down, it just hit a wall and the market went like that. And that was a very unique situation. Right now, the supply is getting curtailed and we never built a whole lot to begin with and the demand continues to grow. So you have a completely different situation, but yes, you have increased uh, uh, interest rates, which is curtailing the demand. So you have downward supply and downward demand, and it's all filtered into about a 1% price drop, not a whole lot of difference. And that's kind of where we are. We don't know exactly what's going to happen next, but we don't see big movements on the horizon uh, either way. Everybody that's an expert thinks we'll probably get one more interest rate bump. And people are all saying interest rates are so high. No, that's not true. Interest rates are normal. Okay, this is considered normal. When I started investing in real estate here in Texas 20 years ago, all my rental properties for the first several years were typically six and a half, seven perhaps, seven and a half percent mortgages. That was normal. For years, that was normal. We're back to normal. Right, three, four, five percent interest mortgages, that's freakishly abnormal. So we're not going from a normal market to a high market. We're going from an abnormal market back into a normal market. And that's just one way to spin it. Uh, days on market gone up a little bit, 47 versus 26 last year. Months of inventory, this is a really important metric. Months of inventory says, on average, how long does it take to sell a house? If we stop building any houses, it was stuck. If, if, if no more houses were made available to sell, how long would it take to sell all the houses that are currently on the market? Uh, and, the, and the answer is three and a half or 3.3 months. Uh, last year, it was 2.5. Now, let me tell you something about what that means. They say if there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, 
you have a buyer's market. Believe it or not, we still have a pretty strong seller's market. Not as strong as it was before, uh, but a pretty decent and strong seller's market. There's only 3.3 months of inventory. By historical standards, that's not a lot of inventory. Yes, sales are down. The number of houses being sold are down because less people are buying and less people uh, are selling. Uh, pending sales are uh, uh, down a little bit as well. Active listings um, are actually up a little bit. It's taking a little longer uh, to sell, so there's a little bit more inventory, as the inventory shows, uh, available to buy. Uh, we can break this into some of the different cities. I'll go through uh, Dallas very quickly. Uh, average price down 3%, median price down 5%. A little more movement there. Days on market, 41 versus 18 a year ago. Okay, uh, Dallas was absolutely on fire a year ago. It tends to be that the, that the markets that went up the most have kind of settled down the most. Uh, you know, sales volume down 4% year over date. Uh, I'm sorry, year to date is down 6%. Two and a half months of inventory. Again, that's a pretty freaking hot market. Two and a half months. Uh, that's closer to what the state was versus 1.8, which was uh, basically you put a house on market and you get uh, multiple offers in uh, a week. Pending sales down, uh, active listings is up a little bit. When inventory goes up, the number of listings goes uh, up. Uh, Austin, uh, average sales price in Austin, Texas, $593,000. That is not a typographical error. We did a little research and we discovered Austin is actually Latin for San Francisco, yeah. Austin is the San Francisco uh, of Texas, most expensive market in Texas. Uh, it got the biggest run up and it's getting the biggest run down. Prices average down 8%, median price down about 10% days on market, 59 versus 22, 22 a year ago, uh, 3.7 months of inventory versus 2.7 a uh, year ago. Uh, closed sales, interestingly enough, are up a little bit. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, pending sales uh, down, uh, I'm sorry, up, uh, yeah, actually up a little, there was going the wrong way. Um, total listings is uh, up a little bit. Um, so very, very uh, interesting. Houston, here we are in Houston. What's going on here? Not much. Uh, average sale price is up 0.6, almost completely flat, slightly up. Uh, median, average median. Uh, down 2.3. Again, not a lot of difference versus a year ago. Days on mark a little more, 42 versus 27. Uh, months of inventory, 3.2. Still considered a pretty strong seller's market uh, here in Houston versus 2.4 a uh, year ago. Pending sales up a little bit. Interesting. Uh, total listings up a little bit as well. So again, uh, Houston looks a lot like uh, the state of Texas, a very good uh, example of the uh, state and the city being the same. Dallas a little hotter, uh, Austin a little hotter. Then we have San, Fr San, Fr San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio is the most affordable uh, city, big city uh, in Texas. Uh, average price 396, which is flat, not up, not down. Uh, median price down about 6%. Days on market 64 going up quite a bit, a little bit of a different market there. Uh, months of inventory, 3.7. San Antonio, you know, we're making very broad generalizations. It's kind of more of a working class city. Uh, a lot of military there, a little less diverse uh, economically. 
Uh, pending sales down about 13%. Active is up quite a bit versus a year ago, uh, 47%. So that's a little bit about what is going on in the market. And, you know, our forecast is that not a lot is expected to, uh, to change uh, because of the forces that are going both up and down at the same time. So with that, uh, any quick questions on the State of the Union, kind of what's going on in the marketplace? Yeah. yeah. And that was a good observation that you uh, had about less people putting their houses on markets. Thank you for uh, offering that. So welcome everybody to the Texas RIAS meeting. Uh, we're gonna go through a little training presentation now, and I call this presentation, the top 12 investing strategies for today's Texas market. This presentation and event and meeting is sponsored by the Texas RIAS. Uh, we are broadcasting right now, so if you're online, you're listening to us on GoToWebinar, you are live and we're glad to have you. If you're on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, or our podcast, you may or may not be live, but if you'd like to come to a future live meeting, just go to texasreas.com forward slash live, and we'd love to have you. Uh, we are sponsored by the Texas Reas, the largest by far network of real estate investor associations in the great state of Texas. So why does that matter? Why do you even care? Well, the reason you should care is because real estate is local. Laws are local. Contracts are local. Contractors are local. Houses are local. Buyers and sellers, they're all local. There's 30,000 books and YouTube videos out there that talk about how to invest in real estate. And they all talk about how to do it anywhere. Well, how to do it anywhere is how to do it at 30,000 feet. But real estate is not bought and sold at 30,000 feet. Real estate is bought and sold at zero feet. So if you want to know what laws apply here and which neighborhoods to invest in here, right, and where to get loans and buyers and sellers here, where to get a power team here, okay, what you can and cannot do here, where do you get all that? You get that at your local real estate investor association. These are long-standing, local, large communities of real estate investors sharing uh, local uh, market knowledge and resources, and we're glad to have you here. Uh, and that's all the stuff you get at your local real estate investor association. So why am I here? Well, I do appreciate the, the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Your time is valuable, and I'm going to repay you for your valuable time by sharing some very valuable training and information with you. Uh, tell you a little of my own background. 2003, I went from working in a nine-to-five job uh, that by then I hated to eventually making over a million dollars a year investing in real estate. I've been doing that for many, 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 going on 20 years now. Um, I own $30 million worth of houses. That's uh, something I was successful at. I'll show you how I got them all. Uh, you can't buy $30 million and, you know, uh, with little or no money and no credit unless you learn some very creative ways of doing it. I'm going to teach you some very creative ways of doing it. Uh, I also invest in commercial real estate. I've got $300 million in commercial real estate. Uh, I use all the active, all the passive, all the residential, and all the commercial strategies. So I like to think I'm very strategically agnostic. Most people that uh, teach people about real estate, they all say, oh, you should do it this way. This is the best way. No, this is the best way. No, this is the best way. And, and I'm, I do them all. I love them all. I think they just solve different problems. Uh, but I'm very open about all the different strategies. I'd be happy to talk to them, uh, you about it and, and, and show you many of them. Uh, over the next, oh, maybe up to 90 minutes, I'll tell you a little bit about some of the things I learned and even what I did right. And I'll also tell you 
what I did wrong. Because the best way to learn is not from your mistakes. It's from what? Other people's mistakes. Yeah, remember that. Other people's mistakes. Experience is the toughest teacher that there is. You get the test first, and then you get the lesson afterwards. That's not how you want to learn how to invest in real estate. Right? The, the trick with real estate, you can do it any way you want, but the best thing to do is to share tribal knowledge, right? Ask the people around you, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Right? That's learning from other people's experience and other people's mistakes. So what are we going to learn today? Well, first I'm going to teach you a bunch of different strategies. In fact, nine of the strategies I'm going to teach you uh, are strategies you can do in today's market, even with little or no money and no credit. And uh, when you learn how to buy real estate with no money, no credit, then how much real estate can you buy? Yeah, all of it. How much real estate would you like to buy? All of it. When I ask a question, if you say all of it, you're probably going to get it right. So it's just like a tip. And, um, you know, it's scales. It's scales. Let's talk about scale. One of the things that motivated me to be a real estate investor is I wanted to make more money. Uh, that was selfish want. Uh, you know, I was tired of working for somebody else and somebody telling me what I'm worth. I'm a worker. I like to work, but if I'm going to work, I, I don't want somebody telling me what I'm worth. I want to do something that, that scales. So then I'm like, well, if you, if you want to make a lot of money, you're going to have to do a lot of deals, obviously. And if you want to do a lot of deals, you have to do the deals in a scalable way. So for example, I don't have enough money to be a real estate investor. I know for a fact that none of you have enough money to actually be real estate investors. I don't care what you have, not enough. Got a half a million dollars in your checking account? Great, good for you. Go buy a house. Okay, now you're done. Yep, that was it. Can't buy another house. So you sell that house. No, that doesn't scale. You see, in this business, you have to be prepared to buy any property at any price at any time because you have no idea what that deal of a lifetime is going to look like that just shows up tomorrow. So you better get comfortable using other people's money. Yeah, you're going to have to give them something for the money, like interest or share of the deal or something, right, to get them to give you uh, the money or to loan you the money. But that's okay because the deal is paying for the money. And once you adapt that mentality that it's okay to use other people's money, then, then how many deals can you do? All of them, right? It scales up. Right? And I'm going to tell you, there's no way you can do this with your money. No matter how much you have, it's not even close. Right? You're going to get comfortable. You're going to have to get comfortable using other people's money. I can't be everywhere at once. I don't know everything. I don't have an unlimited amount of resources. But actually, all of that's not true. Because something else I figured out is collectively, I actually can be everywhere at once. Collectively, I actually do have an unlimited set of resources. And another lesson I learned over my 20 years investing in real estate is that I could make a lot more money. I don't mean a little more money. I mean a lot more money getting 50% of 1,000 deals than 100% of five deals. And that's abundance mindset, and that's leverage. When you look around this room, what do you see? Do you see your competition? That's not what I see. I see partners, lenders, borrowers, leads, deals, contractors, money, and opportunity. Right? And when you start thinking that way, then you're thinking about how to grow this business in a scalable way. In fact, talking to scale, I'm going to teach you nine different ways to acquire real estate, even with little or no money and no credit. How about how to turn even a small IRA into millions of dollars tax-free? I'm going to demonstrate that right before your eyes. I think you'll be impressed. How about how to acquire $10 million in rental properties with little or no money and no credit? My wife and I have a portfolio of $30 million worth of houses. 
If I wanted to buy $30 million worth of houses, traditionally, think about it. I'd have to put down 20% every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire just to become a millionaire. Well, I wasn't a millionaire when I started investing in real estate. So how was I able to acquire $30 million worth of houses? Well, I had to learn a different way to acquire houses. I had to learn how to acquire them, even with little or no money and with no credit. And once you learn how to acquire real estate with little or no money and no credit, then how much real estate can you acquire? All of it. Okay, so great. Then how come everybody doesn't make a million dollars a year investing in real estate? Well, most people honestly get stuck right out of the shooting blocks, right out of the starting blocks. Uh, there's some problems. What are the problems? Uh, fear is a big one. A lot of people are just afraid to do this. I was scared to death. When I was doing my first deal 20 years ago, I'm afraid I'm going to lose money. I'm afraid I'm going to have to fill out a contract. Fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the starting block. Next problem, finding deals. Good deals are hard to find. Anybody that says good deals are easy to find is either a liar or a fool. The hardest thing about this business is finding the deals. But I'm going to show you where to look. And it's probably not where you think. And then finally, my favorite thing about being a real estate investor is so many ways to do it. I'm going to teach you a whole bunch of different ways to do it. Stuff you're not going to learn watching HGTV or YouTube videos. So for most people, these are the problems. And honestly, most people never get past these problems. But here's the really good news. Uh, I'm going to help you get past these problems exactly the same way that uh, Rhea helped me when I was sitting in these same chairs myself 20 years ago. You know, Rhea, Real Estate Investor Associations are large local communities, networks of investors sharing resources and tribal knowledge and helping people get started investing in real estate, including getting past all of this stuff that makes most people never get started. All right, little disclaimer. Let me take a deep breath. This subject matters for educational purposes only. We are not lawyers, CPAs, financial planners, etc. You should always have your contract, taxes, business plans, etc. reviewed by an attorney and or financial advisor before completing any real estate transaction. Government regulations also require that I disclose that the results that I discuss are not typical results. I am an action taker and have achieved remarkable results, and the investors I talk about are action takers and not your typical average people. I believe average people don't take any action and therefore get zero results. Yeah, only you can decide if you're going to be a typical average person or an above average action taker. So here in Texas, we have a special saying that kind of sums a lot of this up. And the saying is, all hat and no cattle. What does that mean? Everybody says they're going to roll up their sleeves. Everybody says they're going to take action. But at the end of the day, most people go out and do what? Nothing. Yeah, I've probably heard of the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the people make all the money in the world. I think real estate investing is kind of the 95-5 rule. It's like 5% of people invest in real estate. But the ones that invest in real estate, they don't just make money. They make gobs of money. Incredible amounts of money. Like, how many of you guys have owned a house over the last three years? Raise your hand if you've owned a house over the last three years. Nice. You're a lot richer than you were three years ago, aren't you? What if you had five? What if you had 20? What if you had 200 of them that tenants were paying the mortgages on and paying off the, 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 the mortgages for you, right? Uh, that would have been nice, right? Yeah. It turns out 80% of the millionaires in this country got there all or in part through investing in real estate. So let me translate that for you. It's really, really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate. 
but you can't be all hat and no paddle. You do have to roll up your sleeves and you do have to take action. So fear. If fear is one of the things holding you back, I get it. I understand uh, and I can help. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> hold on a second. Um, <clears throat> we actually uh, sponsor a show. Uh, we call it Houses Flipping People. You know, most of the shows are about people flipping houses. Well, this is people flipping houses, but the houses are also flipping the people because it's about people whose lives have been completely transformed from becoming real estate investors. And every week we interview one of you, somebody in the network who's now typically a millionaire, multimillionaire, who tells their story about their deal and how they became a millionaire, a multimillionaire with the help of this network. I don't know any other network or uh, educator in the country that can point to somebody once a week, millionaire, 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 right from the network. And you should go subscribe to the show. It's on YouTube and on a number of social channels. And, you know, go, go, go subscribe to it. And every week you get inspirational and educational uh, videos. Uh, we actually have the host of the show here tonight. And Olivia, I'm going to ask if you could maybe uh, come up here. I want to introduce you and talk a little bit about this show. So I'll tell you a few of the stories. Uh, Flavia came to us, had a bakery, single mom with a bakery, and then there's a pandemic, and like that, boom, she loses the bakery. So she's like, I need to make money quick doing something not bakery. Taught her how to flip houses, she flipped 15 houses, never went back to the bakery. Uh, Jeff came to us and he said, last week was a bad week for me. Uh, I got uh, fired and I got a divorce in the same week. Uh, I need uh, something new to do, uh, so I need to do something different with my life plan. And uh, taught him how to flip houses, made $500,000 in his very first year uh, as a real estate investor. Uh, he's never going back to that job and never going back to that wife. Uh, Mike and Vanessa, uh, contractors, general contractors. You need a contractor. There's lots and lots of contractors uh, in the network. Great place to get private money, power teams, everything you need. Uh, so they were general contractors fixing up houses for other people. They fixed some houses up for me as the contractors. But then they came to me and they said, you know, we noticed that the investors seem to be making the big bucks while we're doing all the work. Can you teach us how to be the investor, right? Not just the contractor, but how to be the investor. So I taught them how to do fix and flip. And in their first year, they only did one project. They only, they only flipped one house in their first year as real estate investors. Um, Olivia, tell me again, how much money did they make on that one house? Only $2 million. Only $2 million net, not gross, net profit. So if you're only going to flip one house a year, how about you make $2 million net profit? Yeah, they bought a house for uh, $975,000, 100% financed with private money in this network. We have over 1,000 private money lenders in this network, faster, cheaper, better, any other kind of money. Uh, they completely tore it down, rebuilt it, sold it for $5.7 million, obviously a multi-million dollar property, net, 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 after all expenses, uh, $2 million net on a single flip. So, you know, I'm just going to do one. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. So if you want the details, go watch the show. Uh, YouTube, you get to the, the tour of the house, you meet them, they tell their whole story. Uh, great story. Typically 10% interest or a share of the profit. It depends. Uh, and it's the deal that pays for the money, right? So don't be afraid to borrow money. 
right? Hard money, 15%, but it's not really the deal. I mean, it's not really you. It's the deal paying the interest. And a lot of people have self-limiting beliefs. They're afraid to pay for interest, right? If your deal cannot afford to pay 15% interest, what would I tell you about your deal? I'd say your deal sucks. Go get a better deal, right? And if you're spending all your time and money like I teach looking for deals, you're going to have plenty of deals that can afford to pay 15% interest. And if you're willing to pay 15% interest, you got all the money you need. So then you got all the deals, you got all the money, and that's how you get wealthy. That's not how most people do it. Most people are all worried about interest, right? What it costs them instead of being focused on getting more deals and, and what it makes them. So, Olivia, thank you for uh, dropping by. Can you tell everybody a little bit about the show? Uh, yes. So, I'm Olivia. I drive throughout uh, Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. And I interview all the investors that Phil is going to pull up the, the panel here every single weekend. Not just about the real estate, but how much has real estate have transformed their lives and why did they even become a real estate investor and how. And how do they even bring their families and friends for the ride. So those are the things that I do uh, besides being a real estate investor myself right now every single week. All right. And, you know, every single week, Olivia across the great state of Texas interviews somebody in this network to tell their story. And I'll tell a few stories because these are kind of fun and educational. Um, uh, immigrant, um, what's his name again? Is it Ernesto or? Now, now I'll get blank. So, Uberto, Uberto, Uberto. Uberto, I forgot his name. Uberto, um, engineering student, got a little side hustle investing in real estate. And Olivia uh, met him and had, had him show her his first deal on his very first fix and flip, made $300,000, not bad for a fix and flip. And during the interview, Olivia said, Huberto, are you working on any other projects? I know you're a full-time engineering student, but you got any other projects you're working on? He says, yeah, I'm working on 24 other fix and flips right now. Thank you very much. Not a bad side hustle for a kid doing full-time college. Uh, Chris came to us, therapist, and she did something I think is pretty smart. Some of you might be interested in this. She partnered on her first deal. So most people, when they're getting started, what do they do? They read some books, they watch some HGTV, they watch some YouTube videos, they're like, honey, honey, let's flip a house. They pretty much try to figure it all out. Sometimes they make money, sometimes they don't. Well, here's a different idea for getting started. How about when you do your first deal? Why not partner with somebody who's maybe done maybe hundreds of deals before, leverage their experience, their money, their network, their power teams, their resources, learn how to do it the right way, and then split the profits. Now, I know what everybody's saying. Everybody always asks me the same thing. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense at all. Why would a multi-millionaire real estate investor want to partner with a rookie? Well, I'm going to give you all a fact of life. This is just a fact of life. If you ever want to do business with somebody operating at a higher business stature than you, here's how it works. You're going to have to help them before they're going to help you. That's life. So what could you possibly do to get a multimillionaire real estate investor to want to help you bring them a money-making deal? And that's exactly what Chris brought to me. So she brings me this deal. She's like, what do you think of this deal? I said, that's a money-making deal. Then she said, would you partner on the deal with me? I said, for half the profits, heck yes. I get half the profits. She learns how to do it the right way. I call that a win-win. And she's done many, many deals since then. Uh, Carlos, petroleum engineer here in Houston, didn't like doing that anymore, taught him how to flip houses, flipped over a hundred houses. Elizabeth worked in corporate America doing marketing, burned out, wanted to do something else, taught her how to flip houses. I don't know how many houses she's flipped a lot, but during the interview, 
Olivia says, uh, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth, can you tell us how much money you made from what we taught you at the network? She says, well, I can't tell you exactly how much, but at the moment I have $6.7 million in the bank, so not bad. Uh, Buddy was an insurance adjuster for State Farm. I uh, taught him how to flip houses, flipped over 150 houses. We have a car salesman that flipped 60 houses. Eddie came to us from Los Angeles. I think... Um, California has a program where they pay people to move to Texas. I'm not sure how that works. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, he was a film producer in, uh, in L.A., and he started a family. He said, I don't like the culture in California. I want to raise my family in Texas. So he moves to Texas, but we're not making so many films here in Texas. So he needs to make money doing something not film uh, here in Texas. We came to this meeting, taught him how to flip houses, flipped over 100 houses, and during the interview, Olivia's like, Eddie, how much money have you made from, from what we taught you here? And he just kind of smiles. He's like, I've made a lot of money. And she's digging in. Come on, can you give us like some number? Just like, make, 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 what, what does that mean, a lot of money? He's like, well, I can tell you I'm worth more than $10 million. So not bad for next film producer. We have firefighters, football players, flight attendants, NASA engineers and people from all wakes of life. Uh, so subscribe to the show, right? And every week you'll get some training and inspiration. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And Olivia, you are a real estate investor yourself. So when you came to this meeting, maybe you can share a little bit of your story. I remember you came here, and if I remember, you didn't even come here kind of on your own. You were with a friend. Maybe you're even on a date. I don't remember the whole story. But, the best uh, place to have a date. Okay. okay. So at any rate, you kind of got dragged to this meeting. Yeah. And at the end of the meeting, I remember you said, eh, I don't, I don't see this as something I can do. So tell everybody about, uh, you know, how you got started. So I uh, grew up born and raised in Brazil, uh, not just Brazil, but in the middle of the Amazon, where there is no illiteracy whatsoever. Organic as it can be, that's at least what I liked, the way I like to think that was how I grew up. So my family did not have any idea what was real estate back then. So I grew up like a normal family, I guess. Moved to the United States, bought a house, the normal through the bank and everything. Uh, so lost the house when 2018, I believe, uh, because of 2008, thank you. Uh, so because the economy dropped, lost the job and all that. So I came into Texas not that long ago. Um, through that time, when I came to this event, I didn't have any experience. And at that time, it was one of the hardest parts in my life because I was going actually through a divorce. And I had about 50,000 plus on my credit cards. And I didn't have even a place to live with my boys. I have two teenagers. And that was the worst it can be. So I came into this event as a guest, just stopping by. And that's when I realized, I told you, this is all sounds great, uh, but let me go put my life together and then I'll come back in. And he said, hold on, you are exactly in the right place. You can actually learn and change your life right now. You don't have to go and come back. This is the right place right now. I can teach you. So I don't know if it has gone over the, the three-day workshop. That's where I actually learned all the step, like all the 12 strategies. we provide to the network. And with that training, I actually went out and I got my first deal. I got a house under contract here in Houston through door knocking. Love high heels, but one of the strategies that he does teach with no money of marketing is door knocking. And so I, I was brave enough to start that process. And I went door knocking, got a house under contract, and I made $10,000 for that particular Sold deal. Sold the contract to another member. 
money. Yes, and I made ten thousand dollars. So when you made that first ten thousand dollars, what did you think? How many more doors can I go door knock? <laughs> so for a lot of people, especially those of you getting started, the first deal is what makes it real. It's all theoretical, sounds good, right? It's all theoretical, but then when you get the check, your mind changes like it's that. real, and you instantly go from "Is it possible?" "Yes, it is possible." To now, "How many times can I do it?" Right? That's everybody's like that. The first check is like the game changer, and then it becomes rinse and repeat. So. You didn't have a license. I said you don't need a license. I still you don't have, have any money. I said you don't need any money. Yeah. You said I'm in debt. I said it doesn't matter. You said I don't have credit. I said it doesn't matter. Uh, and then you said, can I really do this? And I said you can. Yeah. And you know, there's ways you can do this for free, right? It takes time. There's things you can do for money, right? Money's but it doesn't take time, but it takes money. Uh, you did the stuff for free, right? Yeah. Which which you were willing to do, and it got you started. So flash forward, uh, where are you today? I'm here, uh, and I all my credit card is paid off, so I have known that, so I can say I'm debt-free. For the, st the first time in my life, I actually am positive on my bank account. Um, How positive on your bank account? Over 100K, so, but I own... That's pretty positive. Yes, um, I own my own property in Westlake and Austin, Texas. Nicest part of Austin, Texas. Yeah, that's where my boys go to school the that I'm very... school in Austin, Texas. Thanks. Yes. Uh, if anyone any other real estate. Yeah. So I own fix and flip. I done fix and flip here in, San, in Houston and San Antonio, Dallas. So I do travel not just for the, the interview then, but to do deals as well in the residential and the commercial as well right now. And I own fix and flip, buying holds. And uh, I can say that I am living the American dream. So regardless where you are in your life, I know you are in the right place. And he will teach everything that you need to know how to get you to the next level. All so, right. Well, thank you thank for your you. story and thank you for hosting our show. And uh, guys, I encourage you to subscribe to the show. It's on YouTube, the easiest place to find it. And you'll get inspired as well. So this is just one of the ways we help people get started. It's a lot less scary when you're doing it with other people. So I'm going to cross out the fear. So let's get going into this. Uh, and I'll tell you how I got started. I actually did my first deal on December 15, 2003. I uh, did my very first deal. It took me six months to do my first deal. I was actually an unusually slow starter. It took me five days to do my second deal. Within a few years, I was involved in hundreds of deals. I've now negotiated over 1,200 deals. And I'll tell you about some of the deals that made me money. I don't have time to go through them all, but I do approximately a real estate transaction a week in some shape, form, variety, or another. And what that does is it creates money in big chunks. Now, that sounds good, right? Money in big chunks. Sounds good. I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you. And the way this business works fundamentally is as follows. We do things to get people with problems to call us, to find people with problems. So what kind of problems? They have a house they don't want, a mortgage they can't afford. Right? Those are problems. Uh, problems are what? Opportunities. Big problems are what? Big opportunities. So the first thing about your mindset, if you're thinking, I don't want any problem, you're thinking, I don't want to be a real estate investor. You know, all entrepreneurs have something in common. Entrepreneurs make money by helping the world solve whatever the world's problems are. We are real estate entrepreneurs, and we solve real estate problems. So let's give you specific examples. Uh, I found somebody facing foreclosure. Big problem, big problem. And I gave them an out, an alternative to a foreclosure, something called a short sale that allowed them to sell their house without having to bring money to the table 
without completely destroying your credit. Uh, and I made $16,000 helping somebody solve a problem. Uh, REO stands for Real Estate Owned Bank Owned Properties. Banks do not want to own real estate. They're not in that business. I took it off the bank's hand, solving the bank's problem, flipped it, made $36,000. Uh, guy had an interesting legal problem. Had to sell a house by Friday. Realtor can't sell a house by Friday. I can. Right? I can buy a house by Friday. I uh, got under contract, wholesaled it, made $5,000. Got a property subject to my specialty, no money, no credit, flipped it, made $68,000. $5,600 on an assignment. Uh, $6,000 on a small mortgage assignment, $10,000 on wholesale, $2,800 on a small referral, $12,400 for a large referral. The way this business works is as follows. Okay, we do things to find people with problems or to get people with problems to find and call us. And here's the really beautiful part. For every problem that exists, for every lead that exists, for every homeowner that exists, we have a strategy that helps them, is about helping people, solves their problem, their need, and gets us paid. We can help motivated sellers. We can help non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the house is even worth. We can help them. We can solve the problem and get paid. Sometimes you get singles. Sometimes you get doubles. Sometimes you get home runs. It's a numbers game. I'm going to teach you the numbers. Sometimes I work on a lead, a deal, an opportunity, a problem for six months, and after six months, I make $5,000. I could have made more money working at Walmart. Thank goodness I'm not working on just one lead at a time. Sometimes my phone rings and that phone call makes me $55,000 in 48 hours. And I'm like, oh man, I wish every time my phone rang I made $55,000 in 48 hours. But that's not how it works either. That's maybe one in 100 phone calls. So the question is, how often do you get 100 phone calls? Well, that depends on you and how much marketing that you do. Do you get 100 phone calls every week? You get 100 phone calls every month. You get 100 phone calls every year. Well, that depends on you and how much searching that you do. So there's two essential skills. You have to learn to be a real estate investor. And I'm going to teach you these skills right now. The first and foremost skill is marketing. Marketing is finding the deal, generating the lead. We need to spend 85% of our time and efforts on marketing, generating the lead, finding the deal. A lead is nothing more than the name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. The next skill we have to learn is strategy. Strategy is doing the deal, solving the problem, solving the need. We buy houses, we help people sell houses, get rid of houses and properties they don't want or can't afford anymore. We do it in a variety of different ways that solves a variety of different problems. So marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. Use 65 different methods to find off-market wholesale deals. I'm going to be teaching you what they are today, right now. Use a dozen different strategies to help people solve the problem and get ourselves paid. Over half of the marketing methods, by the way, are completely free. And nine of the 12 investing strategies are actually no money and no credit strategies. And when you learn how to buy real estate with no money and no credit, then how much real estate can you buy? All of them. So marketing strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. Let us get started with the marketing. Uh, actually, first I'm going to tell you a quick story. This was the very first house that I flipped on December 15, 2003. And I'll tell you a little story. On December 14, 2003, I was scared to death. I was actually being coached and mentored by the two guys who ran the RIA back then. Uh, and I called them both 
uh, on the phone the day before I did my very first deal. I'm scared. I don't want to lose any money. Are you guys sure this is going to work? Yeah, it took two experienced seasoned real estate investors pulling me, kicking and screaming over the starting blocks to get me to do that very first deal. So if you're a little scared, I get it. I can relate and I can help. But I had one other thing that was also motivating me back then to take action. I was in a job I no longer loved, and I was in a career that I no longer loved. And I'm going to tell you, if you're spending your time doing something you don't love doing, yeah, you need to do something different with your life plan. And that's exactly where I was. I needed a different life. And man, you get one life, and it just races by. I noticed this morning there was a 14-year-old living in my house. I don't know how that happened. We had a baby, and now I have a 14-year-old. I mean, it just flies by. Uh, and if you're not on a trajectory to getting the life that you want, if you're not reaching your God-given potential, then maybe you need to do something different with your life as well. So let me tell you just a little bit more about that very first deal, because your first deal, like I mentioned earlier, is so important. In, in, in so many ways, it's your most important deal. It's a life-changing experience. It's like your first kiss. Everybody remembers their first kiss, life-changing experience. Everybody remembers their deal. First deal, life-changing experience. I'll tell you about mine. It took me six months to find my first deal. I was a pretty slow starter. Got it under contract using a contract I got right here at the Rio. Bought it using OPM, other people's money, private money. Private money is faster, cheaper, better, more reliable than hard money, typically 10% instead of 15%. Got a contractor right here at the RIA to fix it for me. Got a realtor right here at the RIA to sell it for me. I uh, got an attorney and title company right here at the RIA to close it for me. And I went to that very first closing and I picked up that very first check for $15,384.26. And do you know when they handed me that check, it was like you unscrewed the cap, popped out the old brain, and popped in the new brain. You see, right up until the second that they handed me that check, I was a real estate investor based on theory. I wasn't even sure I believed the theory. I don't know about this, not sure that's going to work. But the second they handed me that check, like a switch flipping, I became a real estate investor based on experience. You see, I didn't know anything different except I knew it actually worked. And what I realized when they handed me that check is if I did this and this and this again, I get another check. Right? Worked the first time. If I did this, this, and this again, I get another check. This, this, and this again, I get another check. But the really big deal, the really big deal that I realized when they handed me that check, right at that moment, I realized that I would never, ever, 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 for the rest of my life, ever have to work for somebody else. Ever, never, ever, ever again. And I have not worked for somebody else, even for one second since they handed me that check. So if you're new and you're just getting started, here's my first piece of advice. You need to focus yourself like a laser beam on that very first deal. That very first deal will change your life, mostly by changing your mindset. Deals two, three, four, five, and six combined, not as hard as deal number one. So I told you I was going to tell you what I did right, and also I'm going to tell you what I did wrong. I made one big rookie mistake right out of the chute. I spent all that time finding the deal. I found the deal. I found the deal. I put my marketing on hold. I picked up some hammers, managed some contractors. I finished the deal. I got the check only to wake up the next day and realize I had absolutely nothing to do except start the whole business all over again. And this gets me to my very first takeaway. And this is it. And this is the big one. 
the business of being a real estate investor is the business of finding deals. It's all about finding deals. Why? Because you make your money on the bottom. What does that mean? As soon as you find a property and get it under contract, whatever money is made or not made, it's done right at that moment. Yeah, you get the money at the end on the sale, but you make the money on the bottom. And you always have to spend 85% of your time and money on marketing, looking for the next deal, with the attitude that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. The rookies all screw this up. The rookies finally find a deal, right? And they switch all their gears to make as much money as they can on the deal. They finish the deal, they don't have another deal. So they restart the marketing, eventually they get it going again, they find another deal, right? They make money, great, 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 but they stop the market. So they reset the market, eventually they get it going again, right? Find a deal, make a deal, right? Do a deal, right? Make money, great, great, but they stop the market. And the rookie's income goes like this, up and down and up and down and up and down with big gaps in between. You need your income to go up, 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 up. And the only way to do that is you always have to keep the pipeline filled with deals. And the only way to do that is to always spend 85% of all of your time and money on marketing, looking for the next deal, with the attitude that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. And hint, the deals you are looking for are not in the MLS. The MLS is the multiple listing service. It's the retail market for real estate. It's where realtors sell real estate. It's where all the people in the world compete with each other to see who will pay the most. And I hate to say it, but when you're competing against all the people in the world, some of those people are stupid. And you don't want to compete against stupid. Well, you don't want to win competing against stupid. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the MLS. I adore the MLS. Why do I love and adore the MLS? Because after I buy off-market wholesale real estate, where do I want to then go to resell it? Yeah, on the MLS. It's been proven that any property put on the MLS will sell for the most it could possibly be sold for. That's just never where you're going to find heavily discounted wholesale real estate. The very, very, very best deal on the entire MLS would rarely, rarely be a deal a real estate investor would even take a second look at. So finding deals. Once I realized this whole shooting match is really about finding deals, then I sent, set about systematizing the process of finding deals. And over time, I developed 65 different methods for finding deals. Actually, it's not really accurate to say I developed 65 methods. What would be more accurate is to say I found 65 things that work, and I started to do those things. In fact, I need to teach you all a really important lesson, maybe the most important lesson I'm going to teach you today. But for me to teach you this next lesson, first... I need to unteach you all something. Okay, so I need to unteach you all something. When you guys were in elementary school, if you looked over the paper next to you and you copied down the answers, that was called what? Cheating. And you were all told that cheating is what? Bad, wrong. Okay, we're not a bunch of little kids. We're not in elementary school anymore. Going forward, I need you all to unlearn that. Because going forward, guess what? Cheating is the shortcut. What am I saying up here? 
What I'm trying to say is simple. There's nothing that you're trying to do. There's absolutely nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business here in Texas is completely understood. We know what's in the soil. We know the composition of the soil. We know the zoning. We know the guys that write the zoning. We have analyzed the maps and have actual digital tools that show us the appreciation rate down to the street address across all the major metropolitan cities in the state of Texas. We know the exact letters to send the exact mailing list. We know the exact words to say, the exact offers to make, the exact objections we're going to get. We know exactly how to overcome the objections. We even know how many contracts we're going to get signed for every 20,000 letters we send out. Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business is completely understood. So once I realized that everything I was trying to do and everything I was trying to figure out, other people had done and figured out, then I stopped trying to figure everything out and I just started to, here's that word, uh, copy, right, copy the top 65 tested proven methods of actually finding off-market wholesale deals. Now, some of these methods or campaigns take time and some of these methods or campaigns take money. When you get started, you probably have more time and less money. Once you get going, you have more money and less time. I will be honest with you, I don't spend any time anymore on marketing. I don't do door knocking and things that take time. I outsource 100%. But when you're getting, when you're getting started, you're probably going to insource more. So then what are all these different marketing methods? Well, let me teach you a whole bunch. The first set of strategies has to do with direct mail. You can buy lists of people that have problems that might sell you properties at big discounts. Now, when you buy a mailing list, what do you do with a mailing list? Well, you can send them mail, letters and postcards. Or you can call them because you can also get phone numbers. You can send them text messages. You can call them on the phone. You can go to their house. You can knock on their door. Or you can do a combination of those things, which we call a multi-touch campaign. So what are some of the popular lists that we do marketing to? Well, you can get a list of people that didn't pay their property taxes, people that are late paying their mortgage, people that have filed for divorce, two people who are combining their income to pay a mortgage. Now one of them's gone. Well, the one that's left is probably having trouble paying the mortgage by themselves. You can get a list of people who've inherited a house from somebody that passed away, people whose credit scores are starting to fall, people that just got dismissed from bankruptcy, certainly a lot of financial distress there, you can get a non-owner occupied list. This is a list of people that uh, don't live in the house they own. Technically, those are landlords. And a lot of them are what we call accidental landlords. They moved away and they just rented the house out or they let an ex-spouse or family member or friend or neighbor rent their house or they inherited a house with a tenant and they don't really know anything about cash flow and property management. Very often, they eventually become motivated Sellers. You can get a list of people who rent to people on public assistance. You get a code enforcement list. You know the city is already driving around and issuing citations for abandoned houses, order houses, problem houses. You can get a city, the city, to give you a list of every problem property in the city. You can even get an expired listing list. This is a list of people that hired a realtor and tried to sell and it didn't sell. So what do we know about these people? We know 100% of these people would like to sell their house probably now more than ever, but they probably need solutions that realtors don't offer. Well, hello, that's exactly what investors do offer. 
So if you send letters, postcards, phone calls, and door knocks to these lists of people that have problems, some of them will call you back. Those are called leads. If you make them an offer from list brokers, you hire them, you buy these from list brokers, Google the term list brokers to buy mailing lists. Uh, so yeah, some of them will call you back. Those are called leads. If you make them an offer that solves the problem, we have an offer for every problem. Some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. With an internet website, you can get leads on the internet. Painted signs, little signs like that say, we buy houses. Why do you see those signs on the side of the road? They work. Online ads work. Email, autoresponders, magnetic signs, little signs on the side of your car. You buy the sign once, you get leads for the rest of your life. Door hangers, you don't want to pay postage for 10 cents a door. You can have somebody put your door flyer on every house in the neighborhood. Here's one that's pretty much free called driving for dollars. Sometimes I'm just driving around and I see a tarp on a roof, right? They might as well be waving the big red flag. Yes, for a motivated seller, please buy my house. I mean, think about this. Somebody's most valuable asset, a house, has a serious problem, a leak, and their solution was to do what? To go buy a $5 tarp at Home Depot. Well, how come they didn't fix the roof? You know why? No money. Same guy not fixing the roof, not paying his taxes, not paying his insurance, probably not paying his mortgage. Sooner or later, an investor is going to pick up that deal. Okay, what are the other marketing strategies? Oh, wait. We have a special announcement. We interrupt this program for a special announcement. Uh, so, yeah, Olivia kind of hinted at this uh, earlier. We actually have a workshop coming up, and I want to invite you because we're going to do something very special tonight. We're going to invite you to come for free. We really, really want the members of this community to be educated and trained so that they can actually do stuff because we figured out that nobody makes any money when nobody does anything. But when people actually buy, sell, partner, lend, etc., then money starts to get made. So we have a workshop that is sponsored by the Texas RIAs. I teach myself this uh, myself. Uh, 24 hours of practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training. Uh, you can come in person. You can come online. We have plenty of time to go through all of the investing strategies deep, all the marketing methods, all the closes. Closes are literally the exact words you say to get somebody to accept your solution to their problem, your offer, and their property. There's a science to closing real estate, and it is not an intuitive in science, and I will demonstrate shortly. Learn how to partner with local experts. Great way to get started if you're just getting started. How to access private money. We have over 1,000 private money lenders in our network. Thousands, and I mean thousands, and I mean thousands of successful Texas real estate investors got started at this workshop, The Real Deal, Texans, teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. We even sponsor a show where every single week we interview somebody who's typically a millionaire or multi-multi-millionaire from coming to this very workshop. So I'm mentioning it because we have a tour coming up in uh, Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Pick the date and location that works best for you. You can come in person, which I highly recommend. When we meet in person, we have tables and we're much more spread out. Tonight, we're kind of packed in like sardines, but that's not how we do the training when we do a workshop. Or you can attend online, or you can do a combination uh, of the two. So pick the date and location that works best for you and come and join us to get some free training. It is free if you sign up tonight. Tomorrow, it's paid again. 
Um, and uh, I highly recommend that you uh, pick a date that works for you. If none of the dates work for you, if you have conflicts, for example, if your daughter is getting married, I suggest you cancel the wedding because the most important thing that's going to happen, that's going to change your trajectory in life is going to be coming to this workshop. So I'll put this up at the end as well, but uh, you can take a picture of this little QR code and you can get registered for free if you register tonight. You can also go to this website. For you guys that are online, click on the link in the comments below and that will get you to the registration page. And again, I'll put this up uh, later as well. But if you take your picture of that, it actually gets you enlisted or enrolled into the workshop, which is free. And there's a whole bunch of other goodies that come along with it. And I'll go through what those are later. But let's get back to our presentation and let's get back to the marketing. So what are the other deal, and if you missed it, I'll put it back later. So other deal finding strategies, um, letters of intent. What is a letter of intent? A letter of intent is an offer. Okay, then who should you send an offer to? And the answer is everybody. So I'm gonna give you all your first homework assignment. Here's your first homework assignment. Tomorrow, I want you to all send 200 people, each of you to send 200 people an offer on their home. I'm not kidding. You see, here's how investors think. Ready, fire, aim. You make the offer, and then you negotiate. You make the offer, and then you do your due diligence. You make the offer, and then you look for the money. You make the offer, and then you think about it. You should make everybody an offer. Why not? You know that every time you make somebody an offer here in Texas, you know you get four different options? You might want to write them down. Option number one, you could buy a house. Yeah, it's called taking a shot. If you take enough shots on goal, what do you think is going to happen? Some of them go in, even if you suck. And with practice, what happens? More of them go in because you don't suck anymore. So option number one, they can say yes, you can buy a house. Option number two, you can terminate the contract. Did you know the Texas State Promulgated Contract gives the buyer the unilateral right to just rip it up and walk away? No harm, no foul, no penalty, no risk. Option number three, you can renegotiate the offer after you make it. You know that it's much, much, much easier to renegotiate than it is to negotiate. Option number four, you can even sell the contract, the offer, to somebody else that has money. Notice only one of those four options required you to come up with any money and to buy a house. Just make offers. Give yourself options. Business cards, FISBO, cold calling for sale by owner. Why would somebody try to sell their own house? Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they're crazy. Maybe they need solutions their realtors don't offer. Well, that's what we do. Uh, mass media, television, radio, billboards, expensive but effective when you do it with others. Past referrals, other investors. You know, sometimes the best way to find a deal is to get other investors to find the deal for you. By the way, do you all know what I'm doing up here right now? Anybody care to guess? It's called marketing. Yeah. Y'all impressed? I will guesstimate, I'm being very conservative in this guesstimate. I will guesstimate that sometime over the next 12 months, I should easily be able to partner with no less than one, two, three deals with people listening to me right now sometime over the next 12 months. 
average net profit on a deal, 40 grand, my share 20 grand, means as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now, I should pretty easily be able to put an extra 20 plus 20 plus 20, an extra $60,000 in my pocket sometime over the next 12 months as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now. Not bad. Better than a poke in the eye with a stick, wouldn't you all agree? And by the way, you can all do exactly the same thing. Because there's people in this room and there's people in this network that have deals that are looking for money. There's people in this network, there's people in this room that have money that are looking for deals. Some people want buy and hold, some people want fix and flip. Some people want short sales, some people want wholesale. Some people want Houston, some people want Dallas, some people want Austin, some people want San Antonio, some people want El Paso. All of the members of this network, and by the way, there's tens of thousands of them, are all interconnected through an online network. Do you know we meet every minute of every day online? And do you know that multiple times a day and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, questions, offers, referrals, back and forth over that network? I said earlier, guys, you're not going to find your deal in the MLS. That's ridiculous. That's the retail marketplace. That's, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the retail pond. Okay, that's the pond with the small fish. You guys need to fish in the wholesale pond. That's the pond with the big fish. So then where is the wholesale pond? You're sitting in it. Yeah, a large network of real estate investors, wholesaling, horse trading, dealing, right? Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. Everything you need is in this network. All the leads, deals, money, contractors, education, resources, power team, it's all right in this room and right in this network. So yeah, that's where you fish, in the wholesale pond. Okay, realtors, let's have the talk. I always get this question, I'm just going to answer it. Do I need to be a realtor to be a real estate investor? I'm not a realtor. Donald Trump is not a realtor. Most real estate investors are not realtors. Being a realtor will not help you become a real estate investor. In some ways, it will hinder you. Because there's things I can do because I'm not a realtor. And those are things that make me a lot of money. Does that mean you can't be an investor if you're a realtor? You can do both. You can be a realtor and investor. It's just not going to help you. In some ways, it'll hinder you. But you can do both. You can be a school teacher investor. You can be an engineer investor. You can be a, uh, a bus driver investor, a rocket scientist investor. But for those of you that think somehow getting a realtor license is going to help you, it's not going to help you. In some ways, it'll hinder you. Uh, you can do both if you want to. It's just not necessary for those of you that are thinking about that. Uh, Hudson REOs. REO stands for Real Estate Owned Bank Owned Property. This is another common rookie misconception. Rookies hear the word foreclosure, and they're like, ooh, ooh foreclosure is a deal. Uh, no, it's not. A foreclosure is a house being sold by a banker. Bankers are not desperate, motivated sellers. When a banker wants to sell one of their foreclosures, do you know what they do? It's kind of smart. They hire a realtor. Called it an REO realtor. They say, stick it on the MLS. Bring me the idiot that pays the most. I don't want that to be you. And that's why we rarely buy those. Instead, we buy pre-foreclosures before they go back to the bank. How do we do that? Well, here in Texas, on the first Tuesday of the month, rain, shine, holiday or not, everybody that didn't pay their mortgage gets auctioned off at the county courthouse steps. And do you know that you can get a list of all the properties going to the auction 
and you can go knock on their door before the auction and very often get it under contract before the auction for even less than it's going to sell at the auction. Why? Because you're not bidding against 300 other guys. Wholesalers, let's have the talk. Uh, there's a lot of wholesaling and horse trading that goes on amongst real estate investors, and that's good, but I always like to issue a little warning to go along with it. And here's the warning. Nobody will love your money more than you. You have to always do your own due diligence. I'm going to tell you if you are a rookie and you've never done a deal before and you decide you want to do your first deal as a wholesale deal, buy a deal from a wholesaler, there's at least a 19 out of 20 chance it's going to end in absolute disaster. And I'll tell you why. Here's the warning. When a wholesaler sends you a deal, and they said, this property is worth $100,000 all fixed up. How much is the property going to be worth after it's all fixed up? Yeah, 80 max. When a wholesaler sends you a deal and says, this property is going to need $20,000 in repairs, how much is it going to cost to repair? $40,000 minimum. Okay, when a wholesaler says, ooh, it's your lucky day for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit, this lucky deal could be yours. You put down that $5,000 non-refundable deposit, I can guarantee with a 19 out of 20 chance that I'm right, because I've been doing this for a long time, you will be losing a lot of money well beyond the 5,000 you got started with. It is fiction, folks. Please do not believe fiction for a moment. When a wholesaler sends me a deal, I briefly look at all the numbers and I immediately throw all the numbers in the trash, and then I run my own numbers. And the only reason I haven't looked at the numbers before I threw them in the trash is I kind of want to know how much they're relying on me when I compare it to the real numbers. So I'm going to use some strong words because I feel obviously very strongly about this. Look, it would be really, really, really stupid to ever buy real estate based on information about the real estate provided to you by the person trying to sell the real estate to you or anybody they recommend or anybody affiliated with them. Don't do that. I said earlier your first deal is your most important deal, and it is. But if you lose money on your very first deal, at the end of that deal, 100% of your real estate investing experience will have been bad, and you'll probably never come back for more. I don't want to see anybody lose money investing in real estate. We're not here to gamble. If you want to gamble, I'd say go to Vegas or invest in the stock market. Legalized gambling. But the problem with the stock market is insider trading is illegal. In the real estate business, insider trading is advised. Don't invest in real estate unless you know with absolute provability and independently sourced data that the property you're investing in is worth much more than you're paying for it at the time that you buy it. Because in real estate, the money is made on the buy. Okay, so do your own due diligence. If you don't know how to do that, we will gladly train you on how to do that. Bird dogs, Craigslist, social media. Why so many different marketing methods? Well, would you rather fish with a hook or would you rather fish with a net? You need to learn to fish with a net because this business is a numbers game. And now I'm going to teach you the numbers. I'm going to teach you something right now that it took me two years of hard work to figure out. So I'm going to shave two years of your learning curve down right now. By 2005, I had been a real estate investor for two years. 
And I calculated in my first two years, I generated about 400 leads. A lead is just a name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. So I was talking to somebody every couple days, and then I did the math. And here's what I discovered. On average, when I did paid marketing, things like direct mail, for every $100 I spent, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. When I did free marketing, personal marketing, things like driving for dollars, for every three hours I spent driving around, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. And then I discovered that as a rookie, on average for every 20 leads I got, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. So now let me run the numbers for you. That means every time I drove around for 60 hours, I made at least $20,000 of net profit. Every time I sent out $2,000 in direct mail, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $4,000, make $40. Spend $8,000, make $80. Spend $16,000, make $160. Spend $32,000. You don't have to spend it all at once, by the way. Make $320,000 net profit. Are you starting to like the numbers? It took me two years to figure that out. But after two years, what I realized was, holy cow, holy cow. This whole business is just a numbers game. And now I know the numbers. And what I realized, and I started to think totally differently. I started to think about my business in a different way. I now see my whole business like it's a little black box. My business is a little black box. And we're going to call that little black box a marketing machine. And the way that little black box works is every time I stick $100 worth of marketing in one end, eventually $1,000 worth of net profit pops out the other end. Now, if you had a little black box, every time you shoved a $100 bill in one end, a $1,000 bill popped out the other end, how many dollars would you stick in the box? All of them. Yeah, and I started spending money like a drunken sailor on marketing. I started spending thousands of dollars a month on marketing. And then I started spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing. And then I hired two full-time, six-figure guys who spend all of their time spending my money on marketing. One does ads, the other does analytics. And now, some months I spend upward of $100,000 a month on marketing. Because once you know this is just a numbers game, and once you know the numbers, it's just on. It's just on. Some Sometime later, I actually wrote a book on investing in real estate. We're not selling any books tonight. But I will repeat something I said earlier. Guys, there's nothing you're trying to do. There's nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't done and figured out. What is the shortcut? Copy stuff that's already been figured out and proven to work. Okay, so we're right at the halfway point in the presentation. And I'm about to get into the strategies, the mechanics of how these deals work, which is arguably the most interesting part of the presentation. But if you remember at the very beginning of this, I said, you know, my job is to make you educated and contributing members of this community. And we really do want you to be educated and contributing. We do these meetings all over Texas. And we always have a lot of new investors that show up at the meeting, brand new investors. And we call the new investors, we call them tourists, right? Nothing wrong with that, right? Honey, let's go check out the Rio, right? They're just checking it out. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also figured out a long time ago that nobody actually makes any money being a tourist. We want people to be active, buying, selling, partnering, flipping, lending, whatever. I mean, that's when money gets made. But I also figured out a long time ago, unfortunately, I can't turn somebody into a real estate investor 
in 45 minutes. If I could figure out how to sprinkle pixie dust around the room and turn everybody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes, yeah, that would be awesome. I don't know how to do that. But I can, and I have, on many occasions, turn people into real estate investors over a period of 24 hours. Or maybe it would be more accurate to say 24 hours spread out over three days, giving us the time to get through all the nitty-gritty details of how this business actually works. And this is why the Texas RIA sponsors the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. Practical, actionable, detailed training with Texans, teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. We go through all the strategies. you got to know them all. There's things you can do in Texas you can't do anywhere else. There's things that are legal in 49 states that are not legal in Texas, and you better know those things. All the different marketing methods and campaigns, and even the closes, the scripts. These are the exact words you say to get somebody to accept your solution to their problem, your offer on their property. So I'll give you an example. I recently said some magic words to a woman, and she gave me her house. Didn't ask me for any money. She just handed me the house, gave me the deed, deed it over to me. She even said, thank you for taking me the house. It was a valuable house. It even had a lot of equity in it. Who's a little skeptical right now? Raise your hand if you're a little skeptical right now. Okay, I just said I have magical words that I said to a woman that caused her to just hand me her house, didn't have to give her any money, and she even said, thank you for taking it. So raise your hand if you're a little skeptical right now. Okay, who's not a little skeptical right now? Really? Okay, if you're not skeptical with that story, I got a land deal in Florida we're going to talk about after class, okay? I purposely am baiting you guys. You know that, right? I'm saying something crazy, right? I have magical words. I said to a woman, she just gave me her house. I'm, I'm baiting you. I want you to be skeptical. I want you to be really, really skeptical. So be skeptical. Because in a minute, I'm going to demonstrate. And when you see the demonstration, you're going to be all the more wow. But those are the closes, and I'm going to teach you the closes. You're going to learn how to partner. A uh, great way to get started. Right? You don't have to, but it's a great way to start. How to access private money, cheaper, faster, better. Gives you a competitive advantage. Thousands, thousands of successful investors got started this workshop. So I'm talking about it because we've got a Texas tour coming up. And you're more than welcome to join us. You can come live and in person. Uh, or you can come online. I will put the link up at the very end as well for you guys online. Uh, you can uh, click on the link in the comments below. So pick the date and location that works best for you. Uh, and you can come live in person or online. I suggest in person, but you can also come in live, uh, online. Oh, well, there's one other thing we're doing, and this is a tangent. So this is not going to be relevant to most of you, but some of you may be interested in this. How many of you are interested in commercial real estate? Raise your hand if you're interested in commercial real estate. Commercial, yeah. Okay, so this is our residential presentation. We have a whole other part of the Texas RIAs that just says commercial. Okay, and one is not better than the other. They're just different, right? I do both residential, commercial, active, passive. I love commercial, I love residential. And to me, they just solve different problems. Like if you say, I have money and I want to make money with money, I'm going to say invest in commercial. Best returns, better than the stock market, less risk. Do commercial. Uh, if you say, I want to quit my job fast, flip houses, you're going to make more money fast, flip houses, than anything you do in commercial. So you, you, you say, I want to make million, I want to do multi-million dollar flips and flip commercial, but they take time, typically three to five years uh, to do that. 
Uh, say I want to build my wealth. You said buy rental properties. Everybody should own rental properties. You can buy them. I'm going to show you how to buy rental properties, even with no money, no credit. Right? So residential, commercial, active, passive. I do them all. I, re I recommend them all. They just solve different problems. So the reason I'm talking about this is we actually have a very special event, and it's a once-a-year thing. It just happens to be happening at the end of uh, next week. And it's the Texas commercial event. It's actually called the Masters of Real Estate event. And it's happening in Dallas next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, August 25, 26, and 27. Again, this is not for most of you, but if you want to have a very special training on commercial, uh, you can come to that event. And at that event, uh, literally hundreds of my clients from all across Texas, top sponsors, private money investors, uh, new investors, all the education training, everything you'd ever want to get started in commercial. Uh, I have a bunch of friends of mine coming. George Ross, architect of the greatest real estate deal ever done. He and Donald Trump bought a building in Manhattan for a million dollars, turned around and sold it for $450 million. That was a deal. You want to see how they did it? Come to the Masters. I've got a billionaire coming to the Masters. Talk about how to become a billionaire. Uh, I got Vanilla Ice. How cool is that? Former rapper. Made a fortune in real estate. He's going to come talk about it. I got friends of mine. I got Hugh Hilton. Made $18 billion with a B. $18 billion with a B. Commercial real estate. Uh, hundreds of my clients all the deals, partners, investors, and money you'd ever want to do uh, commercial real estate. So I'm only mentioning this because it's one week away, a little over a week away, and you're more than welcome to join us. This is a paid event. Uh, the other workshop I told you we're doing a special tonight. It is free. This one you have to pay for. Uh, it is expensive to do this kind of an event. Uh, it's August 24, 25, 26, 27, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's $998, but I'm going to give you guys a deal. We're giving a special deal for members of the Texan Greas, which is you guys. Uh, tonight, if you register, we have a discount code that is good for today only, uh, and it'll knock $800 off the price. So if you go to the registration page, uh, it's $998. If you enter this little code, BIPREA, BIPREA, uh, it'll drop the price down to 198 So I know this is not relevant to most of you, but for those of you that are interested in commercial, you're not going to want to miss uh, this. Uh, if you miss it, it's going to take you another year before you can get this uh, again. So that's how you can do that. It, this is in Dallas. It's in Dallas. It's live only, and it's in Dallas. So uh, this is the website. Write down the website, realestatemastersevent.com. And again, this is only for you interested in commercial realestatemastersevent.com. Write down that code, D-I-P-R-E-I-A, and you get the thing with $800 off. So I'll put this up at the very, very end as well. Again, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know this is not relevant uh, to most of you. But if you want to take a quick picture of this QR code for those of you that are interested, uh, that's how you can uh, register. I'll put this up for five, four, three, two, uh, one. Okay, so let's get back to the strategies. We talked about the marketing and across that went out. Now I want to teach you the mechanics of these deals, how these wheels work. The marketing check, let's get into some strategies. And there's a lot of strategy out there, right? There's a lot of YouTube videos and training courses, and you can watch videos and take classes on how to do short sales, how to do buy and hold mortgage assignments, how to do auction options. How to do referrals, wholesaling, how to do contracts for deeds, lease options, how to do house swapping, wraparound mortgage, how to do equity partnering, 
and of course how to do fixes with it. And you can certainly spend a lot of time and money on all this training and education. Uh, in fact, my wife and I have actually spent over $100,000 on training, coaching, seminars, book tapes, etc. Most of it was great. Some of it was not great. It all sounded great. But I don't have a problem having spent $100,000 on my education because we've made many millions of dollars from our education. But I do have a little pet peeve at how most people teach and how most people get taught. Because when you look at all of these different strategies, everybody always asks the question, well, which one do I pick? Which one should I get started on? Well, here's the good news. They all work. All of these things can make you money investing in real estate. The bad news is that they each only work in unique situations. You see, each of these strategies is simply the solution to a specific problem. But if you remember what I said earlier, your job one is to do what? Marketing. Finding the deal. Finding the problem. So here's a brand new investor hunting for deals. And he does some marketing. Maybe he sends out some letters and he gets a lead. Name a number of somebody and wants to sell real estate. And if this guy had gotten the right training, he would have learned that this seller how to help that seller solve their problem using a strategy called a wraparound mortgage. But that's not the training he got. He just went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. All he learned how to do was wholesaling. So he's looking for a wholesale deal, but he found a wrap, and he doesn't know how to do that. So what is he going to do now? He's going to do some more marketing and generate another lead. Now, if he only knew how to do a mortgage assignment, <clears throat> he could help somebody solve the problem, get himself paid. But he doesn't know how to do that because all he learned how to do was wholesaling, and he's still looking for a wholesale deal. Didn't found one. Found a mortgage assignment, doesn't know how to do that. So what does he do now? Does some more marketing, and he generates yet another lead. And now if he only knew how to do an auction option, he could solve a big problem and get himself a big check. But again, he doesn't know how to do an auction option because all he knows how to do is wholesaling and he's still looking for a wholesale deal. Are you starting to see a problem? This is another common rookie mistake. Because there's 30,000 books and YouTube videos out there that teach people how to get started investing in real estate. And what most of that training says is you need to get started by learning one strategy and this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, this is the best one. Well, whatever. You need to pick a strategy, learn the strategy, and make money on that strategy. Uh, and then after you learn how to make money on that strategy, later on you can learn some other strategy. It sounds pretty good, and it feels pretty good. But forgive my language when I say this. That is a completely ass-backwards way to go about this. Saying that you need to get started by learning one strategy, and you need to make money on one strategy before you learn the other strategy, that's kind of like saying you need to go to Las Vegas and learn how to bet on one number on the roulette wheel. And after you make enough money betting over and over and over again on one number on the roulette wheel, well, then later on you can learn how the other numbers work. Well, that's ridiculous. And yet that's how 95% of real estate investors get started investing in real estate. And it's no surprise that 95% of real estate investors give up before they ever get going. And then probably 99% of wholesalers. So let's talk about wholesaling. There's nothing wrong with wholesaling. Wholesaling is one of the 12 strategies that I use and that I teach. In fact, frankly, it's the easiest one to teach. The problem with wholesaling, however, is I would say on average, it's the hardest one to do that on average makes the least amount of money for unit work you put into it. So when I hear somebody say, I want to get started by wholesaling. Here's how my brain translates that. I want to do the hardest thing there is to do that on average makes the least amount of money. And I know from my experience 
that about 99 out of 100, maybe not 100 out of 100, but about 99 out of 100 of the people that try to do that give up before they ever get started. For example, how many of you have read the book, The Millionaire Wholesaler? Actually, it's never been written before. Yeah, and it never will be written. Okay, I actually own the domain, and trust me, there is no book, and there is no such book. And there never will be. And the reason is because it's the hardest thing to do that, on average, makes the least amount of money. Uh, so I'm going to teach you what the top 5% of investors do. And then my advice is to do what? Play to be in the top 5% or don't bother. So this is how I do it. This is how I'm going to teach all of you how to do it. Uh, what I do is I bet on all of the numbers on the wheel, and I spin the wheel a lot. And what do I mean by I bet on all the numbers? I use all 12 strategies. So why not learn all 12 ways to fill out a contract and all 12 ways to solve a problem? Because collectively, once you know these 12 strategies, collectively, these 12 strategies provide a solution to every problem there is. There is no exception. Motivated, non-motivated, free and clear, underwater. And then after you learn how to do that, what do you want to do? You want to spin the wheel a lot, which means look at a lot of deals, which means take a lot of shots on goal. This is what the top 5% of investors do play to be in the top 5% because they make all the money. So to do that, you got to know a lot of marketing and you got to know all of the strategies. So now I'm going to teach you all of the strategies. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell you another fun story. This was my first big deal. After I was a real estate investor, for just over two years, I flipped this house. And I actually made 291000 flipping this house. Pretty good profit. But the more interesting part of the story is I was actually the eighth investor at bat. So what does that mean? That means seven other real estate investors looked at this deal before me and passed on the deal. How's that possible? How could seven different real estate investors pass on a deal to make almost $300,000? How's that even possible? I'm going to tell you, it's not just possible, it's actually typical. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. First investor walks into this house and says, I'd love to buy your house, but you're underwater. You owe more money than the house is worth. You can't even afford to sell me your house. Second investor walks into this house and says, I'd love to buy your house, but you're in bankruptcy. I can't buy a house from somebody in bankruptcy. Third investor walks into this house and says, well, I can help you avoid a foreclosure by doing something called a short sale, but I can't do that while you're in bankruptcy. Plus, you have a mid-construction project. I just don't do mid-construction projects. I walked into this house and I said, my, oh my, oh my. You have a lot of big problems. Big problem means what? Big opportunity. You know, it took one, two, three different strategies to solve this guy's problem. I solved the problem. I got the check. My competition was a bunch of one-trick ponies. Most of my competitors are a bunch of one-trick ponies. 30,000 books and YouTube videos teach people how to be one-trick ponies. One-trick ponies are annoying. They get in the way at times, but they don't last long. Guys, if you think you're going to find pretty houses at big discounts just waiting for you, hanging off of trees, yeah, you're smoking crack. Okay, this is what opportunity looks like. A big bundle of problems with a nice pretty bow around it. I want a house where half the house burned down. I want a house that had a meth lab that exploded in the garage. I want a house that was flooded. I want a house that has mold. I want a house where someone was murdered in the living room. I'm serious. You can make a killing on a murder house. I own one. Stigma. All kinds of examples of this. I'll give you an example. How much do you think it costs 
to buy a murder house? Yeah, not much. 20 cents on the dollar. You know what everybody says when they go by that house? They point at that house and say, that's a murder house. And a year later, everybody going by that house, you know, they, they point at that house, something bad happened in that house. A couple of years later, they're going by that house and they look around, they're like, somewhere around here, something bad happened. Now, five years later, they're going by that house and what do they say? How much? Yeah, stigmas go away. I got a house for 80 grand, it's now worth 400. Okay, I got a big discount, and then it went up on top of that. I just had a tenant paying the mortgage, waiting for this stigma to go away. And there's all kinds of stigmas in real estate. Somebody gets shot in a bar, it's a crime scene. A few years later, it's a tourist attraction. Okay, so there's all kinds of stigmas, right? Houston's flat. A third of the state drains through Houston, which means we get lots of flooding here. Great deal for real estate investors. There's all kinds of opportunities in problems. So problems are opportunities. Big problems are big opportunities. So I'll tell you another example. One of my students recently bought one of those $150,000 Teslas, and he calls it his air car. Air car. H-E-I-R, air car. Yeah, somebody died without a will. Do you know that two out of three people don't have a will? <laughs> Talk about opportunity. Uh, but they did have 42 heirs. And everybody said, no way, man, no way. There's no way on God's green earth you're going to get 42 people to agree on something. Big problem. Well, he rolled up his sleeves, and it took a little effort, but eventually got 42 people to agree that a little bit of something is a whole lot better than a whole lot of nothing. And now he's driving around in a $150,000 air car. Problems are opportunities. Big problems, big opportunities. So we use marketing to find the problems, and then we use strategies to solve the problems. So let me teach you a couple strategies. The first strategy I'm going to teach you is wholesaling. It's actually the easiest one to teach. I'll teach you right now. How does this work? You simply find a property and get it under contract. How much does it cost to get a property under contract? How much is that? Nothing. Can we all afford that? I think so. And then after you get a property under contract, instead of buying the property, you're going to sell the contract to another investor for a fee. So how much is the fee? Five hundred to five thousand. What's that? Yes, you have to put a deposit down of ten dollars, and if the deal falls apart, you're out the ten dollars. That's true. Yeah, it's not commercial real estate. Residential option fee ten dollars. So that's correct. So you're right. Technically, there is risk in the ball. If it makes you money, you make up to twenty-five thousand or more. If it loses you money, you lose ten dollars. So I would say that's a no money, no risk strategy. So a small deal, five hundred to five thousand. Average deal, ten to twenty-five thousand. Big deal, twenty-five thousand dollars or more. And this is a uh, little or no money, little or no risk strategy. But let me show you an example. Let me show you an example. I like to teach through case studies. When you come to the workshop, I'm going to tell you about a hundred stories, and they're all examples or case studies of you guys and your peers and, and the deals. So this is Kimberly. She came to the workshop. Uh, and she rolled up her sleeves and got to work. And she told me about her first deal, which was this deal, a wholesale deal. And she told me about this after it went down. Her mom was visiting her from out of town. So she's in the car with her mom. And her mom's like, Kim, where are we going? Oh, well, mom, we're going to get a house under contract. What? Kim, are you crazy? You just graduated from college. You don't have any money. You don't have any credit. You don't even have a job. What do you mean you're getting a house under contract? Don't worry, mom. 
I know what I'm doing. So Kim's mom watched Kim walk into this house and offer the seller $265,000 cash for his house. And he signed the contract. Now, obviously, he was a motivated seller. Obviously, right, they, they talked on the phone ahead of time. Kim then took that contract and she posted it out to this network. I told you that before. Multiple times a day and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, offers, contracts, referrals, references, back and forth to the other members of this network. So Kim posted this contract out to the network, and guess what? Several other members of this network wanted to buy that contract, that deal from Kim. So Kim just sold her contract to another member of the RIA for $17,000. So now Kim is a believer. Well, actually, she was a believer. Now Kim's mom is a believer. So then what would Kim had done with the contract? What would she have done with the contract if nobody wanted the contract? Then what would she have done with the contract? Right? Ripped it up, walked away, no harm, no foul, no, no cost, no penalty. But she didn't have to, did she? So then who bought the contract? Another member of the RIA by the name of Tatiana. I know Tatiana pretty well. I'll tell you about Tatiana. Tatiana paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. It then became Tatiana's contract. That's how it works in residential real estate. Literally crossed Kim's name out as a buyer, wrote her name, Tatiana's name, or her company name in as a buyer. It then became Tatiana's contract. Tatiana then bought the house for 265000 cash. She had the cash. She kept it for six months as a month-to-month -month rental. After the tenants moved out, she did a renovation, small addition, and then she sold it after owning it for 12 months. And when she sold it, she made almost $100,000 of net profit that she only had to pay long-term capital gains taxes on, no income taxes. Do you think Tatiana was pretty happy that Kim found that deal for her? Yeah, you bet. So let me ask you guys a question by a poll of the audience. How many of you are cash buyers? Raise your hand if you're a cash buyer. Let me ask you a different question. Um, how much cash do you have to have to make a cash offer? Zero! Well then, how much cash do you actually have to have to then be a cash buyer. Zero. You don't have to have any cash to make a cash offer. You don't have to have any cash to be a cash buyer. You just need to know people with cash. So let me ask you another question. Does anybody here know somebody you could call if you get a smoking hot deal to buy a property for a big discount for cash? Who could you call, for example? Yeah, what do you think I'm doing up here? Over here, guys. Yeah, over here, right, right. You know, and in fairness and in fairness, there's hundreds of guys just like me out on that network that would be pleased as punch, right? If you guys got out there, got some properties under contract, pitch them back to the group. You don't want them yourself, pitch them back to the group. That's why we want you. That's why we need you. That's why we'll even train you on how to be educated and contributing members of this community. But I can see I have my work cut out for me because we got some self-limiting beliefs here. So I'm going to try this again. By a show of hands... How many of you are cash buyers? Raise your hand, please, you're a cash buyer. Oh, fantastic. Love talking room full of cash buyers. And the network, by the way, instantly puts people with cash in connection with people with off-market real estate. Instantly puts people with off-market real estate in connection with people with cash. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. All right, one more strategy, and this one is 
a bit more complicated and frankly a bit more interesting. It is called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. This is buying and acquiring real estate even with no money and even with no credit. I am a nationally recognized expert at teaching this strategy. I might possibly be the national expert, but I'm certainly a widely recognized expert who's taught tens of thousands of people how to do this. If you've ever heard of this, there's a pretty good chance whoever told you about it learned it from me or learned it from somebody who learned it from me. So how does this work and what does this mean? How does buying real estate work? When somebody buys real estate, what do they do? They go to a title company and they sign a stack of documents. Most of the documents are disclaimers and disclosures, but there's two documents at the closing that actually make the closing occur. And the two documents that make something happen are the deed and the note. The deed and the note. Whose never name goes on the deed, whose ever name goes on the deed, that's who owns the house. Whose ever name goes on the note, that's who's responsible for the mortgage. A deed and a note. Two completely separate documents. Now notice, usually it's the same guy that's on both. Usually when a guy buys a house, his name is on the deed, his name is on the note. He owns a house and he's responsible for the mortgage. He moves into the house. It's his house. All the rights and privileges and responsibilities of home ownership, they go to him. It's his house. Right? At the end of the month, he gets a statement from the bank that says, you owe us $1,000 for your mortgage. He writes the bank a check for $1,000. Bank gets a check. They cash the check. Bank's happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy. That's how it works. And then the guy goes on to get married. And, well, you know, Texas is a community property state, so the wife is added to the deed. So now there's two names on the deed, his and hers but his name is still the only name on the note. Just because somebody's taken on or off the deed, that does not in any way, shape, or effect the note. And then time goes on, and things don't work out, and they get a divorce. And in their situation, the wife gets the house in the divorce. So now something kind of interesting has happened. Now her name is the only name left on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. So the question is, as long as he keeps sending a check to the bank every month, or she starts sending the bank a check every month, or a tenant, or a property manager, a neighbor, investor, friend, or family member, or somebody sends the bank a check every month, the question is, does the bank care who sent him the check? No. There's some guy at the bank opening envelopes saying, hold the questions if you don't mind. I'll, I'll get to them in a minute, I promise. There's some guy sitting down at the bank opening envelopes like, oh, we got a check. Came on time for the right amount, and it cleared. We're good. So if you're listening to my story so far, I just told you all a story about a woman, about a spouse, about a person that was able to acquire real estate, even with no money and no credit. There it is, a way to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. I told you I was going to tell you how to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. All right, all right. So here's the really, really good news. You can all do exactly the same thing, and you don't have to get married to do it. Because here's the deal. Anybody, anybody can go up to any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage from any lender on any house at any time, and you can make them an offer. 
The offer anybody can make with any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage from any lender, or in any house at any time is this. Here's the offer. I will make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. Or I will find somebody to make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. What's the catch? The catch is you simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property, to me. It's called buying a property subject to existing mortgage. You do this with any homeowner, with any loan, from any lender, in any house at any time. And the only person that has to actually agree to this transaction is the person whose name is on the deed, not the bank. The bank actually has no say in this transaction. There are federal laws. Anybody can deed their property to anybody they want. Anybody can pay somebody else's mortgage if they want to. So if you're listening to me closely, here's what you just heard me say. You can buy any house in Texas from any homeowner in Texas that has any loan from any lender. You can buy that person's house at any time, and you can even buy that that person's house even with no money and even with no credit by simply offering to take over the payment on the mortgage or even offering to find somebody to take over the payment on the mortgage in exchange for them simply handing the deed, transferring the deed, which is ownership of the property to you. And once you learn how to buy real estate with no money and with no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. It is a very scalable process. Look, when somebody's in financial distress, they got a house, they got a mortgage. Is the house the problem or is the mortgage the problem? Owning a house is not a problem. Being responsible for a mortgage, that could be a big problem. If you solve the big problem by taking the payments over or finding somebody to take over the payments in exchange for solving the big problem, you ask them to transfer the deed, which is ownership of the property to you. So it's an agreement to pay the seller's mortgage in exchange for the deed. Now, once somebody transfers the deed to you, you own it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can renovate it and retail sell it to somebody else. You can wrap it, assign it, keep it as a rental property. You can keep it as your own homestead if you buy it. I've helped many of my friends here in Texas buy their very own homestead with this little or no money, no credit needed strategy. How much money can you make? Well, there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money when you're learning how to buy houses with no money or with no credit. A small flip, at least $10,000. That's pretty much at the lowest end of the scale. Uh, and typically a lot more. And this is another little or no money and little or no credit strategy. So I will be taking some questions. We just hold the questions. Let me get through an example and kind of wrap things up, and then we'll do some uh, some questions. But I like to teach with examples and case studies. So let me show you an example, which may make this a little more understandable. This is one of the $30 million worth of houses that I own in Texas. And I said earlier, if I wanted to buy $30 million worth of houses traditionally, I'd have to put down 20% every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire just to become a millionaire. Well, I wasn't a millionaire when I got started investing in real estate, when I was sitting in these chairs. So then how was I able to acquire $30 million worth of houses? Well, most of them were acquired using exactly this strategy, including this one. So let me tell you about this one. A woman owned this house worth $150,000. She only owed $110,000 on the loan. So this house has $40,000 of equity. She had it rented out for $1,600 a month rent. The mortgage payment, including tax insurance, is $1,100 a month. So this house is generating $500 a month of gross cash flow. Should have, could have, would have been a perfect rental property, except for one major problem. This woman had lost her job. She was continuing to collect the rent because she was living off of the rent, but she stopped paying the mortgage. Four days, four days, before the first Tuesday of the month, when the bank was going to foreclose on her, I knocked on her door. 
Hello, can I help you? I am here to help you. Well, what can you do? There's no time. They're going to foreclose on me. How can you help? They're going to foreclose on me. There's no time. What can you do? How can you help? Here's what I can do. I can stop the foreclosure. I can reinstate your loan. I can catch up your mortgage payments. I can make your mortgage payments for you going forward. I can even repair all your credit. Well, that's amazing. What's the catch? You simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. And she said, deal. Why in the world did she say deal? Because in four days, she's losing the house, the foreclosure. But she wasn't just going to lose the house. She was also going to get a little bonus to go along with it. People think a foreclosure is the end of their problem. No, it's the beginning. And this is what I told her. A foreclosure is the beginning of a 10-year nightmare that starts with the sheriff and his deputies dragging you and your family and all of your possessions to the curb in front of your friends and neighbors. It's 10 years of dealing with the IRS potentially garnishing your wages to collect on a 1099 that could be issued against you for up to the full value of your loan. It's 10 years of having the lender potentially file a deficiency judgment lawsuit against you for up to the full value of the home. It's 10 years of dealing with creditors calling you, hounding you day and night to collect on the judgment from the lawsuit. It's 10 years of not being able to buy another home, not being able to buy a car, not being able to get a credit card, not being able to open certain bank accounts or even rent certain apartments or even get certain jobs. In other words, it's a bullet to the head. And I stopped all of that from happening to her. And she was thrilled. And the bank was thrilled. They didn't want the house back. They just wanted their money. So I gave them their money. And the tenants were thrilled. They didn't want to get kicked out of the house. They wanted to keep renting the house. So I let them keep renting it for me. But mostly I was thrilled. Because for $4,500, which is what it cost me to reinstate that loan, I now own this beautiful $150,000 house. Came with a loan. Came with $40,000 of equity. All mine. Came with tenants paying me $1,600 for rent. After I pay the bank $1,100, put $500 back in my pocket, and if you think that's cool, my wife and I own $30 million worth of these houses. Some of them took small amounts of money like this. Honestly, most of them took more money than this. But that being said, some of them took absolutely no money at all. So how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Okay, we're all out of time. I'm sorry, that was obnoxious, wasn't it? We're almost out of time. I promise we're going to finish right now. Uh, but I'm going to finish. I, I will finish this. I, I do like to teach this and talk about it. You want to hear the rest of it, so I'm, I'm going to teach you how to do this. I do love this deal. This is obviously one of the 12 strategies, right? There's all these creative ways you can do this. It's just an example. But I'll bet you don't know why I love this so much. Some of you are looking at this and you're like, oh, you're making 500 a month. Yeah, that's not it. $500 is not going to affect my life or my lifestyle in the slightest amount. That's not it. What I love about this is by doing this over and over and over again, over the last 20 years, my wife and I were able to accumulate a portfolio that's now worth $30 million. In fact, just over the last three years, that portfolio went up in value by more than 30%. In other words, just over the last three years, we became more than $10 million richer from having done this thing over and over again, right? This thing that took little or no money and no credit. That's what I love about this. This is the strategy that can turn anybody into multi, multi, multi-millionaires regardless of money or credit. That's what I love about this. And when I realized the wealth potential 
of this strategy actually made one additional tweak to this strategy. We no longer buy these houses in our name. In fact, I no longer buy these houses in my company's name. Now when I buy these houses, I prefer to buy them with my IRA. How many of you were aware that you could do this transaction with your IRA? Well, guess what? You can actually do this with your IRA. In fact, one of the co-sponsors of the Texas RIAs is a company based right here in Houston called Quest Trust IRA, fastest growing self-directed IRA company in the country. Come to the network uh, meeting, come to the uh, training event, and we'll set it up so you can do it with your IRA. So what happens when my IRA does this deal? Well, my IRA issues the $4,500 reinstatement fee to the bank. The deed then transfers to my IRA. Every month, the property manager deposits $1,600 of rent into the IRA. And every month, the IRA automatically sends a check to $1,100 to pay the mortgage to the bank. And $500 goes back into the IRA. But that's not the good part. So then what's the good part? Over the next 25 years, this property will double in value. And it will double again. And even at very conservative appreciation rates, it'll almost double a third time. Something interesting happens to the loan on this property over the next 25 years. What happens to the loan? It's completely paid off by the tenants. Thank you very much, tenants. In other words, every time my IRA does this deal, my IRA ultimately ends up owning an asset worth about a million bucks that by then I own free and clear. And because my IRA is also a Roth IRA, when I sell this asset in retirement, 100% of the proceeds are tax-free. Did you all just see what I did? I just showed you how to turn a $4,500 IRA into $1 million tax-free doing one deal, one time. Helping a woman out of a horrible situation. She even said thank you to me. Helping tenants stay in a property they wanted to stay in. Helping a bank not take a property back they didn't want back. All that just doing this the average retired person at the age of 65 has a net worth of $62,000. It's pathetic. If you just did this one deal, one time, you'd be 25 times richer than the average retired person just doing it once. But I'll tell you something else I've observed. I've never seen somebody do this deal once. 95% of the people will never do this deal. And 100% of the people that do it once, then what do they do? And they do it again. And then what do they do? Then they do it again and again and again. And about 20 years later, they're standing in front of a room full of people talking about all the times they did it. So one last time, how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk you step by step through how you find this deal, how you get it under contract, which contract to use, which attorney and title company to close it at, and how to go through all of the operational steps for completing this deal. So I'm going to walk you through all of that step by step by step. But it's going to take about three days, so we're going to have to finish at the workshop. And obviously, that's just one of the 12 strategies. You're going to love the other 11 just as much as that. We teach all 65 marketing methods. We teach you the close. I just taught you first close. That was literally called the atomic bomb close. Those were literally the words I said to explain the situation of the woman. She literally handed me the house. I didn't pay her anything. She even said thank you, right, because I gave her an out of a much worse situation. 
thousands of people have started their careers at this workshop. You can learn how to partner. You can get access to private money. Uh, Texas, Teach in Texas, how to invest in Texas. So to register, you just go to the little QR code. Uh, when you register, you get the starter kit. The starter kit includes a whole bunch of goodies. There's a training program, a money resource guide. Uh, there's a little business plan generator. Uh, you get registered for the workshop. And the last step, please go all the way to the end, it will invite you to join the private moderated online Facebook group. That's how you can interact with me and all of the other uh, members of this community. Pick the date uh, that works best for you. Uh, come live or come online or a combination of the two. Let's do a quick poll of the audience. How many of you would like to attend live? Who would like to attend live? How many of you would like to attend online? Okay. Almost everybody's live. That's okay. How much? Who does not want to attend? Wow, doing pretty well. Okay, I recommend you, you attend live um, unless you absolutely can't. Like I said, I promise we'll have tables, so we're going to be much more spread out. It'll be more comfortable. Bring a notepad. Be prepared to fill an entire notepad with notes, like one of those notepads. You're going to fill the entire thing with notes. Uh, I will begin talking at 9 o'clock sharp. From 8.30 to 9, we'll be doing case studies, questions, and answers. Try to get there at 8.30. I will go right at 9. I will continue uh, all day long. Uh, it's 24 hours spread out over three days. We will go late Friday, late Saturday. We'll end early on Sunday. How late depends on you, but I won't be surprised if we go for maybe till 7.30 at night. Uh, so be prepared to go late, ask questions, interact. Uh, I tell everybody I'm not there to entertain you. I'm there to change your life. So if you want your life changed, Show up on time with questions and a notepad and be prepared to uh, learn some skills that are going to be truly life-changing skills. If you're looking for entertainment, I suggest instead of coming to the workshop that you watch a Netflix marathon. You could probably polish off five seasons of an Emmy award-winning show. Uh, it won't change your life, but it'll maybe be more entertaining. So, uh, and those, I know for most of you are not interested, but we also have that commercial event. Uh, for those of you that are interested, it's literally next weekend. It is only live, not online, and it is in Dallas. So uh, click on the link uh, in the thing below. I'll put these back at the end. I do want to take some questions, though, from the audience and kind of do a few more little housekeeping things. This was the commercial thing. Again, real estate masters event, or you can click on that QR code. If you want to do this, uh, remember this little code, VIP VIA, knocks $800 off the price today. And the other workshop is actually free, but both are today only. Uh, tomorrow you go back and it's full price, uh, and the uh, regular residential workshop is paid as well. So um, a little housekeeping. Um, people ask, can I get copies of your presentation? Oh, I think I covered all the logistics of uh, um, the workshop. If you want copies of the presentation, we do post them on our social media. Just look for Texas RIAs. We also have a YouTube channel with hundreds of videos, so highly recommend it. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I think I went through all the logistics of the event, so we're not going to do that again. A few other questions, and we'll take questions from the audience. How much experience do I need to do this? 75% of the people that come to the workshop are complete rookies. So I assume you're a complete rookie. 25% of the people are experienced investors, but they tend to learn and come to learn some of the advanced strategies that only we teach. Can I bring my significant other? Highly highly recommend you do bring them by force if necessary. If 
you don't, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to teach you how to buy a house off market. You're going to go home. You're going to say, honey, we're buying a house. What is honey going to say? Yeah, this is not going to work well if you don't bring your spouse. So bring them. Uh, how do I know this is the real deal? My advice is don't listen to me. Ask somebody else. Maybe somebody that's done it already. So I do something. Every time I teach somebody, I ask them to give me feedback. Handwritten feedback. And then what do we do with all the feedback forms? We scan them and we post them on the internet, no matter what anybody wrote. You want to see thousands of them? Go to that website. Now, why would I post every single feedback form on the internet, no matter what anybody puts on the feedback form? Well, look for yourself. I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see thousands of feedback forms, and 99 out of 100 all say the same thing. Oh, my God, this was literally a life-changing experience and event for me. Go see for yourself. I even sponsor a show where every week I interview somebody who came to this workshop who's now typically a millionaire or multimillionaire. How do you get the tickets? Register for the workshop. But if you want even more help, again, the last step of registration is to register to join the online uh, Facebook moderated group. That's where you can interact with me and then everybody else. So with all of that, I'm going to put the link back up one last time. And we're going to stop the broadcast now. So for you guys online, Thank you for joining us. Click on the link uh, in the comments below. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.